Eduardo Leite, the 36-year-old governor of Brazil's southernmost state, Rio Grande do Sul, came out as gay last week. For many, this was a historic act in a country where the LGBT population has very little representation in politics. Eduardo Leite is now the first openly gay state governor in Brazil's history, and a part of society believes this could pave the way for increased acceptance of people's sexuality. Others were more cynical, wondering whether the timing of Leite's announcement is linked to his own presidential aspirations. Coming out has certainly raised Leite's profile. But how will it affect Brazilian politics and his political goals? My name is Gustavo Ribeiro. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. Eu sou gay. Eu sou gay. E sou um governador gay. Não sou um gay governador, tanto quanto Obama nos Estados Unidos. Não foi um negro presidente. Foi um presidente negro e tenho orgulho disso. Eduardo Leite has had a meteoric political career. He entered politics at the age of 19 when he served as chief of staff to the mayor of Pelotas, the third largest city in Rio Grande do Sul state. In 2008, he was elected to the city council and became speaker in 2011. The following year, Leite was elected as Pelotas' mayor. He left office with an approval rating of 87% and was able to elect his deputy as his successor. She won that year's election in the first round. Then, in 2018, Eduardo Leite was elected Rio Grande do Sul state governor at the age of just 33. Vencemos com a verdade, com a honestidade, vencemos com o amor. Now at 36, Leite becomes the first acting governor to come out as gay. To discuss the repercussions of the announcement, we welcome back Alex Hohuli, a political analyst and host of Alpha Bunga Bunga, a podcast on modern politics. Alex, good to have you back on the show. So tell me, how groundbreaking was Eduardo Leite's announcement? I mean, I think it's been talked up maybe a little bit more than it should have been. He's not the first. A politician to come out as gay. I mean, you have uh, a gay senator at the moment. You have a, you have a lesbian uh, congresswoman, and you've had uh, famously Jean Willis before that, who was a gay congressman and who was very active as um, in the fight for LGBT rights. So, uh, as as good it is as it is uh, that Eduardo Leite feels that he's able to come out as gay, uh, I think it's and it's very good for him just on a personal level um politically it's maybe not as important as uh, as people have said that said you know it's it's always something to be welcomed that someone can live their life as they feel that they should um though it's notable that the way that he's done it has been to rather downplay the announcement you know he said he's uh, not a gay governor but a governor who happens to be gay and as mentioned in the interview in which he came out that he that for him it was never too much of a struggle that he had never denied being gay that uh for him coming out to his family and friends had come had come naturally it wasn't a big announcement so i i think just for him it seems not to have been as big a deal as uh, as it was for some other people 
Now, one thing I found interesting is that his coming out was met with praise, both from the left and the right. There were, of course, some exceptions, like far-right President Jair Bolsonaro, but that was already to be expected. But Eduardo Leite's announcement was not overly well received within the LGBT community, with many accusing him of essentially using his sexuality for political gain. What explains this LGBT skepticism? Well, I mean, Eduardo Leite is someone who has never uh, publicly allied himself with the struggle for LGBT rights, and he currently doesn't. Uh, he voted for and declared his support for Bolsonaro in 2018, and he said it was uh, he did it by conviction and not by political opportunism. Um, and so everything surrounding that vote for Bolsonaro and support for it uh, seems like someone who didn't have any great problems with Bolsonaro's homophobia. And, you know, Bolsonaro's homophobia is not an incidental part of um, his political appeal. It's quite quite an important one and always has been. Um, so th that's a that's a major issue. Um, and you can see the way that it was received, for example, by Jean Willis, who I had already mentioned, a, a con former congressman who saw it very much as cynical, uh, particularly in the context of Eduardo Leche's previous backing of Bolsonaro. Um, activists also criticized the way that he did it by not saying that his identity was uh, in any way important. He tried to downplay it. Uh, again, as I mentioned, saying that he was a governor who happens to be gay, but not a gay governor. Uh, and not in any way allying himself with the struggle for LGBT rights. And even someone like Glenn Greenwald commenting on his coming out had said that he, um, you know, was, was kind of relatively critical of the way that the media are talking up Eduardo Leche's coming out, seeing it as a kind of cynical political ploy, uh, building up Eduardo Leche's profile as a progressive, uh, progressive governor, as a progressive politician and not someone aligned with Bolsonaro or who once aligned himself with Bolsonaro. Right. But at the same time, Leche downplayed his announcement. He also tried to make it somewhat grandiose by comparing himself to Barack Obama, America's first black president. But is that a valid comparison? A gay governor in Brazil and a black politician who became president in the U.S., a country which had racial segregation laws just decades ago? Yeah, I mean, I thought that was somewhat self-aggrandizing on Eduardo Leite's part to compare himself to Obama because the symbolic weight of Obama's election was much greater, not least because he was president of the U.S. and not governor of, of a state. Uh, but I think there's a, another comparison I would draw or distinction I, was, I would draw, which is that um, Obama's election as president didn't signal the end of racism in the U.S., but it signaled the uh, coming of a sort of superficial, symbolic anti-racism focused on representation and on intersubjective attitudes more than uh, material social relations. In a similar way, Leitch's coming out might represent something similar, uh, not a change in sexual relations or the end of oppression of LGBT people, but uh, the certain cachet that symbolic identity politics have around sexuality and, and how um, sexuality and gender can be used in, in those sort of symbolic ways. And I think especially for uh, the center-right, whose progressive credentials are otherwise thin on the ground, to be associated with 
uh, gay rights movement or even more uh, specifically to be to come out as gay but not necessarily ally yourself with the movement for LGBT rights actually can have a certain cachet and so in that way ironically there is a similarity between uh, Leitch's coming out and Obama's election as president in that they they both signified a, a sort of um, yeah the, the 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 sort of hegemony of uh, symbolic identity politics. Leitch means milk in English and the pun here is just too obvious to miss. You're saying that Leite is no milk, as in Harvey Milk, the first openly gay elected official in the history of California? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he's he's a guy who, um, you know, to make another U.S. comparison, um, Eduardo Leite is far more of a Pete Buttigieg, uh, you know, presidential candidate or uh, candidate through the Democratic Party. Uh, the last U.S. elections, uh, then he is uh, a Harvey Milk, who, as the first uh, elected uh, figure, uh, first um, elected representative in U.S. politics, was someone who was very closely aligned and was a major leader for gay rights, um, who uh, suffered very much as a part of that struggle, who um, fought for um, fought to repeal or fought against Proposition 6 in the United States, um, which was a kind of homophobic measure to make, uh, to not allow teachers to be public, to be gay um, in public schools. And so, um, and so there, there's just a, a, an ocean of difference between these two figures. Uh, Eduardo Leche happens to be gay person as, as a person and that he was able to come out is a good thing, uh, but it's a world away from those who laid the ground for the possibility for him to come out and for it to be broadly accepted, as you mentioned, it has been broadly accepted. And that goes on the back of uh, people in Brazil who struggled for that sort of um, visibility and for tolerance, uh, which uh, Eduardo Leite hasn't done. And if anything, uh, has been rather coy about uh, about having about doing anything against it. I mean, he's someone who didn't really stand out against measures which were i guess could be seen in part homophobic uh sort sort of uh, for example escola sin partido um uh, schools without uh, you know partyless schools which was a sort of a slightly kind of mccarthyite measure um proposed by the conservative culture warrior right uh and he's someone who um you know, said he didn't believe Bolsonaro would be bad for gay people in Brazil because Brazil has strong institutions to protect people, which is sort of a, a dubious sort of statement. So he's uh, someone who's really um, worn that issue quite lightly, to say the least. Now, Alex, you mentioned identity politics. And my question to you is, what is the place of identity politics in Brazil? Because, for instance, in 2010, Dilma Rousseff became the country's first woman president. But the fact that she was a woman was by no means central to her platform or her style of governing. Is a similar thing happening here with Leitchi? Well, I think you have to distinguish the personal and the political. And there's a form of personalization of politics, which uses identity politics to say, I am such and such an identity, and therefore I behave in such and such a way politically. Uh, whereas there's the more incidental form, as you reference with the example of Juma, where she happens to be a woman, but that's not the core of her appeal, um, or it's not even really secondary to her appeal. Um, the there, I mean, there's a section of the left, which will be critical of identity politics, but it's, um, and, and will be critical of, of the use of identity as a means of um, 
well, you know, as in the case of Eduardo Leche of pinkwashing, uh, especially when there's no connection really to any of the struggle for rights. And, uh, you know, I think the term identity politics is a bit of a tricky one because people understand different things by it. Uh, I would argue for an interpretation which holds that identity politics is when um, your politics is derived from your identity directly rather than being a political struggle. So anti-racism or anti-homophobia struggles don't need to necessarily be identity politics. They can be universalistic. They can be a fight for rights, which in theory, everybody would benefit from. Um, whereas you can have a much more narrow conception of identity politics focused on symbols and visibility and where the uh, person's, you know, personal identity is magnified and put on the stage. And so um, Eduardo Leche, to his credit, I think, isn't trying to play that game either. Um, he, he's trying to, you know, I was critical of him minimizing his sexuality precisely because it seems a way of, um, because it doesn't countenance with the hypocrisy of his previous support for, for Bolsonaro. Um, but he, you know, himself has recognized, Leitchi has recognized that people who are LGBT, uh, who are poor, living on the periphery, face much greater struggles than someone like himself, you know, that is to say someone white, um, even straight passing, I suppose, rich and so on, um, for whom it's much more easy to be to come out as gay. Eduardo Leite wants to run for president. After the break, we talk about what changes now that he has come out. We'll be right back. The Brazilian Report was launched in October 2017 to cover Brazil for foreign audiences. But thanks to the support of our subscribers, we have grown a lot since then, and we have expanded our coverage to Latin America. Now, every Wednesday, premium subscribers receive a newsletter with all of the most important political, financial, and cultural news in the region. You can try it out with our free trial and our full subscription costs less than $20 a month. Just go to brazilian.report. We're back with Alex Hohuli, a political analyst and host of Alpha Bunga Bunga, a podcast on modern politics. Alex, many have said Eduardo Leite is trying to pinkwash his image. Pinkwashing, of course, describes the use of positive gay-related issues to distract attention from negative aspects of an organization, company, or perhaps in this case, a politician. Now, people who accuse Leitchi of pinkwashing say he's using his sexuality to increase his profile and help him mount a better challenge for the presidency next year. And it is worth noting that his party, the Brazilian Social Democracy Party, or the PSDB, is holding primaries later this year. I think the timing is very important, and it's good that you mentioned that, in fact, because he's someone who I think uh, many people knew as being gay. And so his coming out obviously has a has a certain importance in the fact that he's decided to do it now. Uh, why has he declared it publicly um, in a, you know, in an interview to a it, to a very well-watched kind of show and to, to, to a very renowned journalist. Um, so it generate a lot of attention. Um, you know, 
even the his, his interviewer, the journalist Biao, asked him, uh, you know, 20 years ago, this could ruin a politician's career. Now it could even launch your career. Um, he, and he said that kind of trying to, you know, uh, smooth out the edges of that statement, but kind of putting it to him like, listen, doesn't this actually help you? And in, an, in a way, you could argue that he might help his image. Uh, he is running against two politicians who have the clear lead in all polls, uh, Lula and Bolsonaro. And for anyone not called Lula or Bolsonaro, uh, you've got to have something to distinguish yourself. And to set yourself up as an outsider, uh, as gay, definitely helps that. And it would set him, himself up as less tainted by association with Bolsonaro in the way that his competitors on the center-right, Jean Doria, Sergio Moro, Mandetta, all are much more directly implicated with with Bolsonaro, which you know, in by for twenty twenty two will be uh, a real kind of uh, black stain on anyone's mark, right? You, everyone's struggling to distinguish themselves from Bolsonaro, and uh, you know, coming out as gay obviously helps Leite and helps him uh, make a play for. Uh, moderates, progressives, and the center-left who will be much more welcoming to him um, in a way that, you know, being homophobic wouldn't really gain him anything today. You know, if you if Eduardo Leite wanted to be homophobic, well, Bolsonaro has that camp pretty locked down. And so making a play as a uh, liberal, progressive politician, uh, which this kind of move of pinkwashing does, uh, really helps him. And it helps, you know, Eduardo Leite is someone who uh, in... His economic policy doesn't, isn't distinguished in any significant way from Bolsonaro, for example. I mean, he's a, he's a kind of a politician of the neoliberal right. And so in that regard, uh, yeah, you, one could read this as a sort of pinkwashing. Eduardo Leite's main rival for the PSDB nomination is João Doria, the governor of Sao Paulo. Doria's strategy has been centered on vaccination. He brought the first immunizers to Brazil and led the charge in increasing inoculation rates in his state. But that strategy has yet to fully pan out. Now, Leite, on the other hand, is this sort of quintessential example of the modern breed of center-right politicians. He's young, he's good-looking, and he's big on austerity. And immediately after coming out, uh, Leite began taking some shots at Doria. When people noted uh, Leite's endorsement of Jair Bolsonaro in 2018, he tried to play this down by suggesting he was not completely on board with Bolsonaro and that he didn't attempt to use the would-be president as part of his campaign. And that was a clear dig at Doria, who called upon the São Paulo electorate to vote Bolso Doria ahead of the general election before cutting ties with the president soon after. So in the run-up to the PSDB primaries, how well-positioned is Eduardo Leite? Yeah, I mean, the race within PSDB is pretty interesting, I guess, um, because they have a lot of potential candidates, uh, but none of whom are uh, really particularly skyrocketing in national polls. Uh, so it's it's a struggle over a rather thin sort of center ground, uh, you know, or how they like to portray it as a third way. And the, the, it's pretty complicated because uh, Alkmin, who uh, ran for PSDB last election, has now is planning on leaving the party. And therefore, that leaves a sort of void, which would play into Doria's hands. On the other hand, uh, Doria, as you said, you know, is kind of much more tainted by his association with Bolsonaro. And it would play and would leave the field uh, a little bit more open for a more moderate figure than Doria is. And so uh, that would play well to uh, to Eduardo Leite's interests. 
well, more moderate, at least on the outside. At least on the outside. And but again, this is a question of image. And we're talking about, uh, you know, primaries within a party. There's not a huge amount of political difference between these. So it's really a, a question of image. And, you know, in that regard, uh, we're back to what we were talking about before in regard to pinkwashing, you know, that that kind of carries some weight. Now, I think Eduardo Leite's chances for the presidency are extremely slim if they exist at all. And I don't believe that has anything to do with his sexuality. Opinion polls have consistently shown former President Lula and President Bolsonaro streets ahead of the chasing pack. And Eduardo Leite doesn't even figure in many of these surveys. Simply put, the broader Brazilian population has no idea who he is. Is there any chance he can become that sort of third-way alternative? Well, apparently he was the most searched for politician uh, over the weekend on, you know, on social media. But of course, these things are pretty ephemeral. And so that might gain him some name recognition. Um, and if he were to gain the nomination of the party, you know, if Bolsonaro uh, continues his homophobic insinuations against him, I mean, he said that, uh, you know, I have nothing against his private life, but he can't impose his lifestyle on others. Um, and, you know, a month ago, he had suggested with regard to Eduardo Leite that he had sent this all this money to uh, his state of Rio Grande do Sul, but uh, you know that Eduardo Leite might have stuck it up somewhere, uh, you know, in a kind of also a kind of a crude and possibly homophobic insinuation. So things like that obviously might raise his profile even further uh, and wouldn't do Eduardo Leite any harm politically. But again, as you say, it's an it's a narrow ground he's fighting for, and the percentage of, of the population which is in looking for a politician who is neither Lula nor Bolsonaro is relatively small. I mean, at most a third of the electorate. And so trying to, to win that over uh, in a context where most progressive opinion will default to Lula well, will be pretty tricky. And do you think sexuality will be an issue in the 2022 election? I mean, I'm not convinced, um, but I'm willing to be convinced otherwise. But I, I'm not sure how much uh, these questions are really at stake in the 2022 election. Uh, you know, Bolsonaro's homophobia and general uh, very conservative politics play to a certain section of the population, but I'm not sure how much widely it goes beyond that. Uh, the question of homosexuality in Brazil and gen sexual minorities in general is a pretty ambiguous one. There's a widespread toleration but that coexists with a certain conservatism. Something like two-thirds of Brazilians tolerate homosexuality. Um, LGBT people are uh, often targeted and, you know, are, are, are murdered in very high numbers. So there's this, there's this sort of ambiguity with regard to these questions in Brazil, which aren't... Um, aren't so easily dealt with by saying, oh, Brazil is very tolerant or Brazil is ex very conservative. It's it's very ambiguous. Um, regardless of that, uh, you know, the questions of, of inflating prices, uh, higher cost of living, Bolsonaro's failure to deal with the pandemic, all these questions are far more important than these questions of identity, which when it comes to the polls, most, most voters, I think, quite sensibly see them as per private issues and not public ones. No, I totally agree with you. And I would go even further by suggesting that the pandemic will not even play a huge role in the vote itself. It will ultimately boil down to the economy. If the economy improves, Bolsonaro will be as competitive as ever. If not, he'll lose. Absolutely. Alex, thank you very much. This has been great as usual. Thank you. And if you like Explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars wherever you get your podcasts. It only takes a second and that will help more people find out about this show. 
or you can sign up to the Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We offer a seven-day free trial, no strings attached, which gives you access to the site for a week without the need to insert any credit card details whatsoever. I'm Gustavo Ribeiro. Thanks for listening. See you next week.